I don't need to try to explain to you all the reasons why 2020 will be a year that none of us forget, nor would I ever try to bore you with all my scary, insightful opinions that the entire entertainment industry has changed since the whole world was cooped up in our houses for months at a time. Yeah, we all know this. Things were stupid this year. That's not groundbreaking. We're all sick of hearing it, frankly. But that being said, there were some rather stellar tunes pumped out this year in album format. Really, really good records that, frankly, will probably be on rewind and repeat for me for a while. In this special bonus episode of Our Favorite Albums, I'm counting down my top 12 favorite albums of 2020. Our Favorite Albums is a commentary, criticism, and music review podcast. All tunes are copyrighted and owned by the artist, not us. We just have to tell... <laughs> Motherfucker. We are just here to tell our opinions, which obviously are our own, and don't reflect any artist, a sponsor, or whatever. This is Our Favorite Albums. Thank you for tuning in to the Holiday Spectacular at Our Favorite Albums. I'm Michael, bringing you a special bonus episode where I'm running down my 12 favorite albums of 2020. This is actually a tradition that goes back over a decade in my little circle of tunes geeks. My buddy Blake started his list of his favorite albums on a Texas A&M football message board AggieYell.com and what he called his definitive music collection of that year. He started it, I think, around 2006 or 2007. Immediately, a few folks who were also members of that site hopped on and contributed their lists as well. Before we knew it, we had a full wrecking crew of tunehounds sharing their favorite albums for that year. We've done it every year since, and this year, I'm throwing the switches open to go a bit more multimedia with it. I would be remiss if I didn't mention one very special contributor of that yearly project on AggieYell.com, and that would be Cody Kruger, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2004, who lost a courageous battle with brain cancer in 2012. We dedicate the Spotify playlist of full collection of all of the favorites compiled together each year from AggieYell.com to Cody's memory. It looks like the pot is right. The blinds are on the table. Let's do this. These are my 12 favorite albums of 2020. Number 12, Wax Ahatchee, St. Cloud. Starting off my 12 favorite albums of 2020 is the solo project of Southern indie artist Katie Crutchfield, called Waxahachie. This is such a gorgeously layered album with super approachable folksy songs. From the very first listen through this album, back in the spring of 2020, I knew that I would have this one in my top albums list. The lyrics are smart. The lyrics are cutting. But Katie's pretty southern twang make the punch of her heart-filled poetry land with such soft blows that you'd think you're laying in a field of soft flowers. But if you dig into the lyrics, you'll find incredible flow and heady concepts inside of her typical G, C, and D 
Bob Dylan-esque song formulas. This is good music for rainy days under blankets or even sunny days out on the lake, listening to an intelligent emotion under the sweetness that Katie lays down. Some of her ballads harken back to a sound like Paul Sanchez's tracks from the mid-90s Cowboy Mouth albums. The opening track, Oxbow, kicks the album off right and it builds throughout the entire album. Track number three, called Fire, shows Katie pushing her vocal range and a slow, steady, heartbeat drumming. She's channeling her inner Brandy Carlisle in some of these songs, and it really, really works. My highlight of this album is track number five, which is an encapsulation of all the aforementioned concepts that she pours into this album. I love this album, and specifically this song. For my number 12 favorite album of 2020, this is Waxahachie with The Eye. Number 11, Thundercat. It is what it is. I will readily admit to being a long-suffering wannabe bass guitar player. When I get creatively thirsty, I turn to Charles Mingus, Les Claypool, Jocko Pistorius, or even Vic Wooten. I love to hear complex bass runs of the late, great John Entwistle of The Who, or even the unique style of Peter Hook from Joy Division, or the compelling genius of Esperanza Spaulding. Following in this tradition is the virtuosic style of Stephen Bruner, a.k.a. Thundercat. Known for his soulful contributions to Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly and collaborations with the genius Flying Lotus, Thundercat works in the creative jazz funk space that isn't mainstream at all. Casual music listeners might turn it on and then immediately tune it out because there's a weirdness to the sound and the composition that Thundercat uses to scare off neophyte dial surfers and even pop music fans. 
But for the tune geeks out there like me, there's not much better to quell the thirst for that complexity and true mastery of an instrument like Thundercat uses on the bass guitar. He throws in disco-style tracks with a falsetto voice and heavily processed sounds from his signature six-string MTD bass, where he seems to play way up on the fretboard in weird crooked scales and squishy tones that jar and toss around the listener like a sailboat in a storm. There's some whim and whimsy in his profound lyrics that mix 70s soul love with modern-day jazz interpretations of social issues. He collaborates with Childish Gambino on track number four called Black Qualls and Ty Dollar Sign on track number 13, Fair Chance. He has no problem at all throwing in weird instruments like a glockenspiel or even a synth arpeggio if the piece calls for it. It's weird, complex alien music, but it's very good. Check out track number nine, Dragon Ball Do-Rag, as an example for my number 11 album, It Is What It Is, by Thundercat. I feel kind of like standing next to you, baby girl, how do I look in my do-rag? Would you tell me the truth? Stay with me and love me through the night, endlessly. I'ma keep on all my chains when I'm making love to you. Hold me close and Number 10, Bombay Bicycle Club. Everything else has gone wrong. I don't even know how to describe London-based band Bombay Bicycle Club. I think at one point they were more of a punk band than a pop band, but it's the latter that we get on this album. There's some Beatles-like harmonies in places, but drum machines in others. Sometimes it feels like jangle rock of the 60s, and then sounds like 80s synth pop. I love the air that singer and band leader Jack Stedham plays in, sometimes using a vamped repeated lyric as an instrument, like on Let You Go, or intentionally letting his voice crack like on Racing Stripes. He builds in places, and then he gets quiet in others, building a really pretty tapestry of sound. The title track could be ripped right out of an 80s MTV block that included The Cars or even Thomas Dolby. This is a fun, new wavy style, and it's very fun to listen to. My favorite track from this album is also one of my favorite tracks of the entire year. I can hardly speak, mixing in a fun marching beat with ethereal vocals. Oh 
Number nine, Fleet Foxes Shore. You can bet that if Fleet Foxes puts out an album, I'm going to include it in my favorites for that year. And that is absolutely true with their 2020 album, Shore. Released to coincide with the autumnal equinox on September 22nd. Frontman Robin Peckinold's very specific style and cadence shines through on this album that oscillates from sleepy time lullabies like Waiting and Waste High Water to a funeral dirge memorial to fallen musical inspirations on Sunblind. Peckinold isn't afraid to push the envelope with weird time signatures and Iberian musical styles mixed with his beach house type soundtracks. The genius of Fleet Foxes and their signature Puget Sound sound is that it can mask itself under winter blankets or in a summer swimsuit, depending on when you throw the record on. It's mood music, reminiscent of his previous work, maybe even a call-and-answer sister to his 2016 release, Crack Up, with social issues peeking their way out from under the comfy, comfy covers. Maestranza is a fantastic track, as is A Long Way Past the past, but my favorite song of this album is track number nine, Young Man's Game, that sounds almost like the better parts of early Moody Blues songs.
Number eight, Bastards of Soul, Spinnin'. As soon as I heard the very first track of the debut album by this Dallas, Texas throwback R&B outfit, I knew that this would be in my top ten albums for the year. Listen, I'm a sucker for nostalgia, but when you mix near-perfect bass runs with a Hammond organ and a singer powerful enough to make me stand up when he ostensibly grabs the mic and falls all over himself to sputter out his lyrics, then I'm going to love it. I mean straight out love this album. It's the best part of vintage R&B with singer Chadwick Murray pounding out emotion over an impressive rhythm section featuring KTCK The Ticket's own Danny Bayless commanding the bass. You want to be nostalgic and do it right? Then you turn to Bastards of Soul. This is the way it should be. The best track on this album, track number two from my number eight album, Spinning. Seven, Ryan Adams Wednesdays. What to do about Ryan Adams? What to do? What to do? This asshole has the audacity to find himself mired in Me Too controversy, pairing accusations of abusive behavior from his ex-wife Mandy Moore, all the way to excursions of unwanted sexual coercion from young artists that say that he Weinsteined them. It makes me sad that things turned out the way they did for Ryan Adams, because I really like his music. Even before allegations of his behavior were revealed, though, I found his personality to be rather abrasive, and I think his reputation of being a jackass was not only deserved, 
it was indicative of how much deeper his issues were where he was actually injuring other people. It makes it even harder to put this album into my favorites because despite all the seemingly terrible tyrannical things about him, this guy makes some of my favorite music. His 2020 surprise album, Wednesdays, is no exception. There's some mea culpa and some ham-handed poor me compositions here, but his voice is meek and you can tell that he's at the bottom of his life. He throws in some filler demos to round out the album, but once again, Ryan Adams creates a stellar album. He's heartbroken and personally shattered, but you know what? He deserved it, I guess. Listen to the cracked emotion on who is going to love me now if not you, and appreciate the art, but excoriate his behavior. Maybe he can say I'm sorry enough to be forgiven and be rehabilitated. I hope so because I love his work. And we're laughing and engaged The light illuminates the countryside As we go speeding by Your head is on my shoulder as it fades And History of kindness would have married you right then if you'd asked. My life is just a tunnel to another tomb, just like that boom that time had passed. And who cartoon, the ash returns to ashes, the dust returns to dust where you would lay, used to sleep beside the angel, now I'm just a stranger, in a house with things I cannot throw away. Number 6. 
Phoebe Bridgers, Punisher. Speaking of Ryan Adams, one of the ladies that he me tooed is Phoebe Bridgers, and her album Punisher falls into my number six spot for 2020, poetically, one spot above Ryan Adams. As a young artist, she was in a relationship with Adams where he allegedly misbehaved to the point where he tried to derail her career once they ended their tryst. It's important to point out that Adams had nothing to do with her success, and she stands alone in her talent, both as a songwriter as well as a musician. Her honey-sweet vocals and sad emo folk love ballads are layered into a mix of ambient sound and melancholy heartbreak. This album is so well-constructed with outstretched hand looking for acceptance and affection from the specter of a lover she yearns for while trying to find her own footing. There's sadness and moodiness here that's thick. Bob your head along to Kyoto and then read the lyrics to find out how deep they really are and realize that Phoebe Bridgers is a superstar in waiting, polishing her folksy love songs into her very own signature genre. Her pretty voice sounds like an angel in places, and it sounds heartbreaking in others, blending in knockout punches with her soft expressions barely whispered into a powered microphone. She trades romantic barb for barb on Savior Complex, track number eight on my number six album of the year. Show me yours, I'll 
Number five, Tyler Childers, Long Violent History. There are a handful of artists out right now that I'm a fan of, regardless of what they release, despite the fact that they tend to fall into country, which is not really a genre I'm particularly a fan of. This includes Jason Isbell, Sturgill Simpson, Chris Stapleton, Coulter Wall, and of course, Tyler Childers. So when Tyler snuck in an album release in September, I was excited to crank it up and spin it. However, with this album, he also released a video on YouTube about the album. Okay, this is different. So before I ever heard a single note of this album, I listened to the roughly six-minute statement by Tyler saying that he understands that his typical fans may not like the content of this new album as he deals with the highly sensitive topic of over-aggressive treatment of black people by police. I listened to his statement. You should too. He acknowledges COVID as well as race riots in cities across the nation. And then he puts the way black people may feel into perspective for his white audience. Look, maybe you agree with him, maybe you don't. Either way, the album he released is completely instrumental, save for the last track, the title track to Long Violent History, where he asks his fans of his music how they'd feel if the roles were reversed. He paints a southern backdrop with his instrumentals and then hits you right in the gut with a brutal description of the anger and the feelings of desperation that an entire group of Americans must feel on a daily basis. He says in his statement that he wanted to offer the instrumentals to show that southern music culture is enjoyed by black and white people, and it's less about race than it is the actual culture, showing how we're all in the same boat together and we should work together for the future. Music is a canvas for political conversation, and Tyler Childers presents that to his fandom that may not have heard the perspective that he brings before. Maybe it did nothing at all, but then again, maybe it did. This is the title track, Long Violent History from Tyler Childers. It's the worst that it's been Since the last time it happened It's happening again Right in front of our eyes There's updated footage Wild speculation Tall tales and hearsay And absolute lies Being passed off as factual When actually the actual cause is All from enjoying our evening Shoving its roots through the screams in our face Now what would you get if you heard my opinion Conjecturing on matters that I ain't never dreamed In all my born days as a white boy from Hickman Based on the way that the world's been to me 
just constantly worrying, kicking, fighting, begging to breathe. How many boys could they haul off this mountain, shoot full of holes, cuffed and laying in the streets, till we come into town in a stark raving anger. Looking for answers and on to the teeth. Thirty odd sixes, Papa's old pistol. How many you reckon would it be? Four or five? Or would that be the start of a long violent history? Number four, Sturgill Simpson. Cutting Grass, Volume 1 and 2. Speak of the aforementioned devil. Here comes Sturgill with not just one, but two separate volumes of hearty bluegrass tunes with an all-star lineup, including bluegrass maestro Stuart Duncan on fiddle. There's some reworkings of previous favorites by Sturgill, like Long White Line and Living the Dream from meta-modern sounds in country music. There's some new songs maybe you've never heard, but they're all done to absolute perfection in southern bluegrass style. The weird, idiosyncratic lyrical content of Sturgill punishing the norms of country music are outlined by superb musicians performing at a peak level. Whatever Sturgill puts out, I'm going to be a fan of. Whatever Sturgill says... I'm going to agree with. The cut and grass sessions are no exception. Here's my favorite Sturgill song, Turtles All the Way Down, track number 18 from Cut and Grass, Volume 1. Well, I've seen Jesus play with flames in a lake of fire that I was standing in. Met the devil in Seattle, spent nine months inside the lion's den. I met Booty yet another time He showed me a glowing light within But I swear God is there Every time I stare to the eyes of my best friend Says my son, it's all been done Someday gonna wake up old and gray Let's go and try and have some fun Showing warmth for everyone Somewhere out there, far beyond this plane Where reptile aliens made a lie Cut you open and pull out all your pain Well tell me how you make it legal Something that we can make in our brain Some say you might go crazy Then again it might make you go sane Take a look inside that old and fabled book Blinded and reminded of Bang goes by some old man in the sky
Number three, Country Westerns, self-titled. I mentioned Cowboy Mouth earlier. The first time I ever heard of them, I thought, I don't like country music. But that's okay. Cowboy Mouth isn't country music at all. I had the exact same reaction when I found this debut self-titled album by Country Westerns. No thanks, I'm good without Country Western. But hold on a minute, Michael. Country Westerns isn't country music. It's not even Western. It's badass music. I think they consider themselves Nashville alt-country, but that's not at all what they are. This is a power trio playing killer bar tunes and absolutely killing it in the process. It's a three-piece bar band that sounds like a mix of The Clash with The Replacements, with Joe Strummer's rasp intertwined with Paul Westerberg's rasp, sometimes reminding me of both at the same time. Comprised of singer, guitarist, songwriter Joel Plunkett, former Silver Jews drummer Brian Coetzer, and bassist Sabrina Rush, these three musicians turn the knobs up to 11 and then break them off, bashing out 11 heavy middle America rock anthems that are impossible to walk away from. There's not a song in this album that I don't love, and I will spin this album for a while. My favorite track of this album is Guess Checks, but I implore you, please check out this album because it's excellent and it kicks serious ass and it melts faces.
Number two, Fiona Apple. Fetch the bolt cutters. Fiona and I are the same age. We're 90s kids, strung out on guilt and Lexapro, while begging a lover to abuse us because we deserve it. Remember her hit Criminal? That came out in 1997. I did not expect for her to reappear on my radar 23 years later, eight years after she released her last album. But if you do a dive into best album lists in 2020 anywhere on the internet, you're going to find Fetch the Bolt Cutters on just about every single one of them at or near the top. You want to know why? Because this album is incredible. It's inventive. She recorded it in her own house in California, mixing it on the Garage Band app, literally what any of us could download right now and play around with. She's using random shit she found around her house as percussion, including stuff from her kitchen and some bones she kept of her dead dog. She's absolutely brutal in some places, talking about abuse, sexual assault, revenge, and she's doing it on such a sharp edge that it cuts deep. She's unabashedly quick in places, and in others just blinks around on a piano to fill the soundscape. This is inventive, and it's harsh, sometimes sounding like a demo album or a spoken word jazz composition like track number four, Under the Table. It's hateful, and it's powerful, just like Fiona's personality. There's an Ico Ico feel to number five, Relay, that falls into a street crew march like you were watching a stomp routine on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. I have no idea what kind of music this is other than absolutely brilliant. There's a reason that it's rated so highly. This is friggin' awesome stuff. A perfect example is track number two, Shamika, a self-portrait of being bullied and presented with big words and even bigger musical concepts. On my way to school, grinding my teeth to a rhythm invisible I use my feet to crush dead leaves like they have fallen from trees Just for me, just to be crash symbols In class I pass the time, drawing a slash for every time Second hand went by a group of five, done twelve times Just a minute, but Shamika said I had potential Shamika said I had potential Shamika said I had potential. Shamika said I had potential. I used to march down the windy, windy sidewalk, slapping my leg with the riding crop, thinking it made me come off so tough. I didn't smile because a smile always seemed rehearsed. I wasn't afraid of the bullies, and that just made the bullies worse. In class I'd pass the time Drawing a slash for every time The second hand went by A group of five done twelve times It's a minute but Shamika said I had potential 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 Hurricane Gloria in excess That's my bird in my tree My dog and my man and my music Is my holy trinity Hurricane Gloria in excelsis Dale That's my bird in my tree My dog and my man and my music is my holy trinity 
And the number one album is Run the Jewels, RTJ4. Hands down, my favorite album of 2020 is the unapologetic, acerbic, and brutally revolutionary fourth album in the catalog of Run the Jewels titled RTJ4. The hip-hop supergroup Run the Jewels is the craftwork of Atlanta rapper Killer Mike Rinder and Brooklyn rapper Jamie Moline, better known as El Producto, or LP for short. Much like Tyler Childers' long, violent history, The Mad Fury of RTJ4 was released during the middle of the racial strife in June of 2020 when cities erupted into rioting and fire. Whereas Tyler Childers tried to reach out with emotion and understanding in his album, Run the Jewels kicks the door open and begs for a fight. There's no question about it. This album is radical. It's a radical attack. This is a radical attack on what they consider to be the never-ending struggle of black people in America. And the stomping of feet and clattering of sticks against pavement is now an uproar of battle in a racial revolution. Upon release, Killer Mike went into a press conference where he not only excused the rioting and destruction happening across the country, he even condoned it saying it was the only way that black Americans could get the attention of the rest of the country who refused to acknowledge racial injustice and authoritative tyranny that goes back to the origins of the country. Wow. There's not a more biting vocal attack than Killer Mike. When he hits his stride and offers his machine gun sputtering flow, it's smooth and it's strong, tying lyric and emotion into a single attack, destroying the speakers and not stopping to relent. He balances his knee on the throat of the listener, admonishing listeners for not rioting in response to the killing of George Floyd in a similar manner. 
And just when he takes a breath, his partner LP hops in behind him to rally another attack on societal norms and generational racism. It's as apropos as any album could be for the most screwed up year of my entire lifetime. It's angry, it's poetic. And it shows that Run the Jewels are not only at the top of their game, but they are among the very best of any musical genre right now. My number one track of the year overall is Goonies vs. E.T., where LP starts off the song describing the hard work that these two unlikely voices of a generation committed to in order to be successful. He describes what it's like clawing your way to the top, only to make it when the entire world has gone to shit. Is that bad luck? Or is that just another step in their progress? His flow is impeccable as he bashes our disposable society and calmly asks, Y'all got another planet on stash? Far from the fact of the flames of our trash? Killer Mike hits with as strong of a lyrical stabbing as possible, standing in the streets with bloodied fists, begging for the next fighter to step up and challenge him. His attack is relentless. He hits with rhymes that just keep coming. He calls back to previous racial revolutionaries like Gil Scott Heron, saying, quote, Ain't no revolution that's televised and digitized. You've been hypnotized and Twitterized by silly guys. Cues to the evening news that make sure you are ill-advised got you celebrating the generators of genocide. Any good deed is pummeled, punished, and penalized. The rulers of the world will slice it up like dinner pie. End quote. Tearing into the wannabe tough guys, hiding behind keyboards, using strong words instead of willing to go toe-to-toe. It's mean, it's rough, and it's not meant to be taken lightly. He later says, we accept the role of villains because we've been villainized. This is revolutionary music in a revolutionary year, one that won't be soon forgotten, nor should it. Here's my favorite track from my favorite album of 2020, Goonies vs. E.T. Baby, if I had another chance, I would give another chance to you. Ooh. If I make another wish, I'll wish for a wish for you. For you? Hey. One, two. E.C.A.D., you heard of these lads, the myth that we made a grip, never broke dick. Truly the Cadillac, I had to contract L's on a quick. Stick em up, slick, talker, no tricks. That's the funniest shit. Finally, the money up and print on the kid, and the planet hit skits. Living in a valley of flames, like I win. Skyline of blaze, and a bomb rock pick. You don't want to acknowledge the wrong, give a shit, never nine. You can talk to me fun when I'm gone. Bad news, bearing the law, but big claws, trying to hold a whole lives in his paws and applaud. Swear to God damn, the whole city, I'll make a bull man's heart. We got scars for hearts. Shit for eyes, baby, living in a one chance lot, so I stick to the art. Oh my god, I'm old to man. Cash back, running through dead zone, hope it don't crash. Tennis song, motherfucker, bring it up fast. Be alone, I'm a home that I can and then dash. Fuck y'all got another planet on stash. Far from the fact that the flames are all trash. That is not so, it is ash. You gotta know the past, gotta rap. It's a luck of all mad, but I promise. Baby, if I had another chance, I would give another chance to you. If I make another wish, I'll wish for a wish for you. you. 
Put the brass on a magic lamp, stand there up through. Thank you all for listening to our favorite albums. That's a wrap on my 2020. Special thanks to my special guest announcers, J-Dubs and Jack S. Here's to another year full of tunes and finding more and more of our favorite albums. (laughs) 